This is your host, Rachel Franklin with Already Dead, a sexual assault discussion podcast. A quick PSA, as I just mentioned, we will be discussing topics surrounding sexual assault, so if you feel like you need a break at any time from listening, please take one. This is a space for healing, for learning, and for creating community. He didn't make me feel like I wanted to die, he just made me feel like I was already dead. Alrighty, we're back with part two with Abby. I'm just going to give you guys a little recap. We were talking about her journey with rehab and sobriety. Um, and yes, we'll jump back in. That's insane. Ring of fire. That, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I cried. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I would too. Oh my God. Well, that's like, that is definitely intense, but I can definitely see how that could be healing. Yeah. Uh, like, it always, I always say, like, it always gets worse before it gets better. Like, you have to. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You have to address some stuff that you're pushing off. And then, of course, it's going to suck. But then, ultimately, it's a little better in the end. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I haven't um, really talked to my dad about my sexual assault because, I don't know, he's my dad. I just don't want to talk to him about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mom and I, um, she's asked me for details and stuff like that. So she knows a lot more about what I've been through and can um, empathize with me a lot better now. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to talk to her about it. And she has shared some of her story as well. Um, She has had a little bit of experiences like I have. So um, it's sad that we bonded over that, but it's also, it feels good too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's like literally anybody I talk to that's been through this. It's like, I wish that never happened to either one of us, but I'm glad that we can find peace through each other. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, you'll notice I say wow a lot. I just, everything just flabbergasted me. I, know. I um, don't know how you do this. It's a lot to take in. It really is. I, I did, like I said, I did take a break for a minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's honestly, it's been really healing. And, like, I always get I always get something out of every conversation I have. And, like, it honestly, it's been a really healing experience for me to do this and just to talk to everybody and um share like stories and like I said like I just talked to you about um feeling nobody gets good in the world like I said I've never talked to somebody about that yet and that's something I've been really struggling with for a while and like I I know I'm gonna take that with me and forever like you know what I mean like I little things in every conversation I have like really really do mean a lot to me and I know it means a lot to everyone that's listening to that makes me really happy um and kind of going back to what you said earlier um you mentioned a calling um to go to church or something like that mm-hmm. um going on this podcast was a calling for me um I don't know why I have been so scared of sharing my story for years um, it literally happened six years ago. I think that's a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. All of a sudden, there was just like this fire that sparked within me. And I 
felt like I needed to share my story to help other people um, because I spent a lot of time thinking about like the millions of other people that this has happened to and the people that are stuck where I was stuck a year ago and don't know what to do and you know feel like there's no way out um, and I feel like my story has a pretty thing so I'm really hoping that you know somebody finds some hope by listening to my story um, I promise you somebody because there's will. so much more I, okay good <laughs> I, I promise you somebody will I after after like every episode I usually get one or two messages like every month or so saying someone listened mm-hmm. um to a certain episode and it, it it's always really good to hear but I, everyone gets something out of every episode I promise and that makes it, me so happy it is really powerful and I'm so glad you decided to come on because I love talking to you um but all right so I'll get back to to uh what we were talking about before um where was I <laughs> oh oh <laughs> I had something I wanted to talk to you about um well I had a few things obviously but I'll go I'll go back to um I'll go back to when you were saying you had started um drinking um to cope with things and um did you always know that that was a problem for you um, I knew that I was drinking for different reasons than everybody else, but I didn't think that it was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I thought because I was so young, like it would eventually just fizzle out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously it didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it um, whenever I was young because you know, most people I hung out with drank as much as I did, and, you know, they all did stupid things when they were drunk, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it wasn't super easy to catch on, um, just because that is a lifestyle for people my age. Um, yeah. And eventually, I don't know, I just realized that, like, I could see myself, like, 10 years from now, where I was going to be, and I didn't want to be that way, so... Yeah. Yeah. Alcohol, like, um, obviously, like, I've done this too. Sometimes it's a crutch. Um, but mm-hmm. with your s- surroundings and, like, the people around you um, that were not being supportive of you and not helping you out, do you think there was something else that could have helped you at that point in your life? Um, I don't know if I would have been ready to give up alcohol before I decided to mm-hmm. so I really don't know um I think it kind of worked out how it needed to mm-hmm. um I think I needed to hit that low place in order to be where I am now yeah I definitely yeah. get that I like there was a point I was like in in depression really just depression but I was just I remember for a good like six month period I was kind of just like coasting through it and it was like I know this isn't great for me but I need it until I'm ready to to until I'm ready and strong enough to put it past me yeah 
Yeah, I went through um, depression pretty bad my junior year. Um, there were lots of classes that I skipped because I just, like, physically could not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd sleep all day and, like, didn't do anything that made me happy. Um, yeah, it was bad. Pretty much the only thing I did was drink for a while. <laughs> yeah. What um What are some things now that help you cope with things and in a healthy way um working out definitely Mm -hmm. helps me um I go to therapy a lot um I go once every other week so I just switched it um I was going once a week but I just switched it to once every other week awesome um so therapy helps me because um I recently, like right before I went to rehab, I had kept my entire story a secret from her, my therapist. Oh my God. I just like, <laughs> I did not want to talk about it. Like I just went in there and pretended like everything was fine. Oh my <laughs> God. Which is how like, yeah, I know. That's like how I lived my life until um, a year ago. Like just trying to pretend like everything was normal when it wasn't. <laughs> Whoa. And so, Yeah. Wait, how long have you been going to this therapist? Um, since it started, so since I was sixteen. Oh my god! And she just found out a year ago. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Wait, wait. What was yeah. that conversation like? Um, I figured she'd be surprised because, like every other appointment we had before this one, where I told her everything. Um, yeah. I was just pretending like everything was fine. Like the only problems I had in my life were like fights with my sisters and stuff like that. Uh huh. Um, but she was actually like super supportive, and um, I told her that you know I think I might have a problem with alcohol too. Like I just spilled the beans completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was amazing, and so now she's like my ride or die because she knows like everything. Wow. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if I could tell all that to another therapist or not yeah <laughs> no i get that <laughs> oh, oh my god wow that's yeah. like, that's kind of crazy <laughs> i know i don't know why i did that okay so you kept that in for a long time like a long, yeah. long time yeah did you tell anyone um maybe a couple people here and there but nobody really believed me or like you know, just offered any support or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I quit telling people. <laughs> um, I remember I told um, my ex-boyfriend, I think we got, we started dating like a year after um, that Halloween that I was raped. Mm-hmm. And he found out that I had sex with this guy. And he was... um really mad that I didn't tell him because of how it made him look and so I tried to tell him like what actually happened and he just did not want to believe me um he was abusive so yeah God, it's <laughs> um <funny>. yeah <laughs> um but yeah I I've told a couple people recently um like since I've been sober but 
they aren't really around anymore either. Um, and that kind of plays into what we were talking about at the beginning, like not feeling like we can trust anyone or, um, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like there are still good people. <laughs> yeah. Because once I open up, you know, they leave. So, um, yeah, it does make it very difficult. I don't remember what your question was. I kind of just started rambling. <laughs> I don't either, but or <laughs> I uh, I'll, I'll go on to what we're talking about now. Um, I have definitely experienced that too with like friendships, and I just I don't know. I have a hard time trusting people. So if you do anything that like breaks my trust, I'm I'm done. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't forgive easily at this point. Um. <laughs> And, uh, I don't know, I just, like, yeah, it's hard to trust people. And, like, going back to, like, the very beginning of what you were saying with um, how your friends just kind of ditched you. Yeah. Like, that's so traumatic in itself. And then that compiled on top of everything else. And then feeling like you can't tell anybody, like, that eats at you. Yeah, that was extremely hard, and I found out that because my friends left me like that during a time when I, like, really, really needed them, I have abandonment issues now, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on, um, because I'm starting to feel like the healing come from, like, my sexual assaults and stuff like that, Um, so I've moved on to all the other traumatic things that happened around the sexual assault. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm working on my abandonment issues now. Um, that has been a journey. But it makes me so mad that there's, like, stuff, like, there's trauma pot on top of trauma. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, it's like, peeling so the layers of an onion. Yeah. It's, like, okay, I have to get through this to get through that, 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 and... Uh, exactly and like every time i think i'm done like i'm good for a little bit something else pops up right (laughs) oh my god it's so annoying annoying. (laughs) it is so beyond annoying it it takes so much out of you too (laughs) oh exactly i know i'm like i have like one flashback like maybe every six months okay i I have one flashback and i'm done for like the next month i'm just like out of it yeah uh, <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> and it really does hit you and you're like oh everything's finally okay like oh no no it's not yeah oh my gosh I remember what we were talking about before <laughs> what were we talking about <laughs> you're asking me about um ways that I cope oh yes um, yes do you want to keep talking about that or sure to something else? <laughs> I mean if you have more to say about it, yeah um well, I discovered that I like painting, too. Oh, me too. really random. Oh, really? Yeah, I do that, too, now. Yeah, I'm not very good at it, but I love it. So, <laughs> um, that's one of the ways that I cope. Um, I journal a lot, too. Um, sometimes I'll use, like, prompts that I find, or I'll just, you know, word vomit onto the paper mm-hmm. and see what comes up. Um, but that really helps me, too. Um so yeah, I also really like music. Um, so 
like sometimes I'll just get in my car and blast music and drive around or I have yeah. a little record player that I love um, and I'll just play some of my records that I have. That helps me kind of um, get out of my head if I feel like, you know, something is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are the ways that I cope now that I don't have alcohol. That's awesome. I I do the same thing. I love to paint. I love journaling. I like those are definitely two of the ways that I like. The painting calms my anxiety for sure because it just like make, makes me yeah. focus. And then like journaling, just like I'm like, oh, fine. Like I'll actually deal with some stuff. I know. <laughs> I've been putting off journaling for a little bit because it's just it's a lot. It is a <laughs> but... lot. It's always helpful, but it is always a lot. Yeah. It's that same thing. It's like, it gets a little worse before it gets better, but it's always worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to really touch on um, that you had mentioned when you messaged me um, was about hypersexuality. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I've definitely experienced that too. Um, and I, don't, I feel like it's not talked about a lot. A lot of, peop- a lot of people experience the opposite where like they don't want anything to do with sex. And, you know, sometimes I fluctuate between the both of us, but um yeah but it's definitely less talked about for hypersexuality and going on top of like the judgment from other people and especially like it sounds like where you live it was a lot of judgment in general surrounding sex um yeah but how did that play into everything that happened with your Um, your mental health yeah, it got very, very dark. Um, I didn't know, like, I had never been a sexual person before, and I had no clue where this was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I didn't even want to, but it felt something, it felt like something I had to do um, to get myself back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, like, the only way I felt in control was, you know, what I did with my body. And so, Mm -hmm. for some reason, um, I guess it is, like, super common um, to engage in hypersexuality after sexual assault. But, yeah, I don't know, like, why that's a thing. Um, I don't know if you know or not. I mean, I think it's like you said, for control. Yeah. Yeah, but that went on for a few years. Um, And then I had a serious boyfriend for a while. And then I went to rehab. And then the opposite happened where I didn't want to have sex at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still don't want to. So I think it's um, the sobriety probably because yeah. during my hypersexuality phase I was always drunk whenever I would do stuff like that yeah um, and so now like I don't know I have the ability to process what's going on um and now I just don't I don't want to have sex anymore yeah. <laughs> so I've been on uh both ends of the spectrum I would say I definitely feel you on that too <laughs> yeah (laughs) it it is interesting how like that i think it does like correlate with that too like when you give up like when you take out one thing that's like been hurting you like alcohol 
Um, yeah. Like they they do go hand in hand when you put them hand in hand like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that too. <laughs> I like I make a conscious effort now not to do anything sexual when I'm drinking. Yeah. Just because of that, like one, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to cause any more yeah. trauma, but two, I just like. Yeah. I I definitely have put that hand in hand as well, and it's like, yeah, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um. People um definitely use my hypersexuality era against me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was talked about a lot and. A lot yeah. of the things that were talked about, like, were not even close to the truth. And so, like, I just gained a pretty bad reputation um, for literally just trying to survive. And yeah. that's so mad. <laughs> uh, that makes me but, mad, too. It's like, one, why yeah. do people, first of all, in general, why do you care about someone else's sex life? But. Yeah. Um, they were probably doing the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like <laughs> piss off, um, but yeah. Two, I just I hate how people like see you're doing that or like you're going through that and like don't even think to question. Oh, why is this happening? Are you okay? Is something wrong? Yeah, that would be my first question. Yeah, I don't know why people don't think that way. <laughs> I guess we have like superpowers for what we've been through. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm definitely more trauma-informed now, but I <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be common sense in general, and especially what's really disappointing to me is the adults in the situation participating in that. It's yeah. like you think that, like, I don't know, personally, if I'm planning on having a kid in the future, like, yeah. I'd want to be prepared for a situation that might happen like this or – you know, I, I don't know. I feel like, especially as an adult or especially as a parent, you'd be more concerned than judgy. Yeah, that's my thoughts about it. Like, I really just can't fathom right? how somebody thinks that way. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, it's really not about being promiscuous. It's like, oh, like, I am trying to survive here. This is the only way yeah. I can feel okay right now. Yeah. I don't know. People don't get that for sure. I don't know. I've been really thinking about it recently, and I'm so glad that you have this platform for people to tell their stories um, because I think that might be the way that we can kind of change how people react to it. Yeah. Um, You know, just by talking about it is, like, this is real life, like, this is something that we actually experience. It's not something crazy that happens in like a scary movie. It's right. what we actually live through. And it's what so many people live through too. And so it's important to talk about it and not ignore it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I I wish that it was addressed more in film in like a trauma-informed way oh yeah me too i i don't know and there's like some honestly disgusting people out there that just like 
I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talking about hypersexuality and control, and um, well, actually, I'll ask you this first. Um, feeling the opposite now, what's like? Why do you feel like there's a difference for you? Not just with maybe alcohol, but just like what? What is the difference to you with sex now? Um. I would say I feel more in control of myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like myself again. And I think that came from, you know, all the healing that has taken place over the last year. Um, yeah, I just feel, I feel more connected to myself in a way, mm-hmm. which that sounds so woo-woo, but <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, that just kind of helps me want to make decisions that feel good to me and are mm-hmm. good for me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. In the moment, did it make you feel better? No, it didn't. No? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> what did it no, cause I knew, make you feel? Um, I knew that type of guys that I was with and they were absolutely disgusting Mm -hmm. and so it just made me feel disgusting um but I already felt disgusting to begin with so like I thought that I was just gonna feel like this forever um yeah I kind of just like gave up on feeling better and I kind of fell into this pattern and didn't know how to get out of it um so yeah it my self-esteem was very, very low for a very long time. Um, and I, you know, believed a lot of the things that people were saying about me because that was all I heard, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Did you, do you think you, do you think you sought out people that you didn't feel were the best people after this? Um, I think it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like I never really sought out anybody. Um, this sounds so conceited, but like no, this kind of just came to me. No, I get you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't think it was like a subconscious choice in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something that kind of happened and kept kept happening. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't know. I'm I like. For myself, I've been trying to think about that recently because I've experienced a yeah. very similar situation. Um, I'm like, why is it that, like, it's always the same kind of people? I'm like, am I trying to, like, gain control over the same kind of situation? Like, I, I don't know. But Yeah. It is, it is interesting how that happens. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never thought about that before. So now yeah. I'm going to journal about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I honestly haven't thought about that either. Like, it just made me think about it now. Um, yeah. Did you know what hypersexuality was at the time? No, I didn't. Um, I learned about it for the first time when I was in rehab, actually. Um, I was, like, briefing my therapist on my entire life and told her about 
had that period in my life and she was like, well, that's really common for people who have been through sexual assault as a way to regain control of their bodies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that makes so much sense because I could not figure out why I did that because that's just not me. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was when everything kind of clicked was last year. (laughs) How did it feel like, did you talking about like trusting yourself and judgment did you ever judge yourself oh yeah absolutely um I hated myself for a very long time um probably the six years I kept it a secret um Mm -hmm. I also struggled with you know low self-esteem and self-hatred and just feeling like I wasn't good enough um the abusive ex I had during that time didn't help with that either because Mm -hmm. he told me things like um you know if it wasn't for him I would be single because nobody wants me and just awful stuff like that um so yeah I didn't have a good relationship with myself for a long time either Mm -hmm. um literally everything about my life was just dark for a very long time (laughs) yeah what was the moment that you decided it needed to change? Um, so I was at a music festival and I had a lot to drink and basically I could have been arrested um, for how drunk I was, but by the grace of God, I was not arrested. And I was there um, with my sisters and my boyfriend at the time and literally like all of them were mad at me for how much I drank. Um, Mm -hmm. and the day after I woke up and I just cried like all day long. Um, I couldn't like figure out how it had gotten so bad. Um, like I didn't know where I went wrong. Um, and, um, yeah, that's just when it kind of clicked that all I was doing was making myself miserable and, my family miserable um and alcohol wasn't helping me with anything at all and so um it's just better to give it up and mm. within the next couple of days I was in rehab so it happened very quickly um but I'm really glad that it happened quickly because I might have gone back on my decision if I didn't leave so soon yeah um I mean, like you said, you were like you had talked to somebody else that had already gone to rehab, and it is like a scary thing um, yeah. to do for the first time, especially. Uh, do you have any advice for anyone that may need to do that or is considering going to rehab? Um, I would say try your best to go with an open mind and an open heart, and realize that the people there want the best for you. Um, because it is very difficult, um, to be in a place like that. Um, luckily the place I went to, it was a very nice one. Um, it's like top ranked in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some places that are not as nice as the ones that I went to. And I don't really know what to say for those because I've only been three on once at this nice place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just go with an open mind and an open heart and um, 
definitely be careful about the friends you make whenever you're there because some people um, are there because they have to be there, not because they want to get better. And that can kind of derail your progress. Um, if you let people kind of dictate, um, you know, what you want to do. Um, That's yeah. an interesting point. <laughs> yeah. That was something I had to learn while I was there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's always, like, it's honestly struck me even, like, in stuff, like, growing up with, like, religious stuff or if I was going to, um, like, in high school, if I was going to, like, a like a life night or a confirmation, like, so many kids' parents would, like, force them to be there. And they had yeah. no desire to. And one, it wasn't very helpful for them. I hope, I hope, I hope it eventually was, but like, didn't do much for them. And it also didn't do much for everyone else that actually wanted to be there because it kind of ruined it for them, you know, in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely like, again, who you surround yourself with is important and it, yeah, it can help or hurt you a lot. Yeah. And I will say, I think I had it a lot easier than most of the people that I was in treatment with because I am so young. Like I haven't been drinking for very long. Mm -hmm. So I never got to the point where I was like physically dependent on it and had withdrawals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just went on in and started doing the program that they have everybody do. Um, So yeah, I definitely had it much easier than some of the other people there. Um, but I'm so grateful for that because, like, I got the hardest part done before I even started my career or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I another piece of advice would be um, to not push it off because I am so grateful that I went whenever I was 21 um, because a lot of people there, you know, they had, like, families and careers that they had to take off for um to be there and just a lot of like grown-up stuff to worry about that I didn't have to worry about like I only had to care about myself while I was there right um and so I just got to like fully immerse in what they wanted us to do um so yeah I going back to another thing too I had said this to my boyfriend once and I was like sometimes you're in survival mode um and it's okay that you can't deal with stuff and when you're in survival mode when you're out of survival mode Mm -hmm. you can deal with it um and so obviously if like you're not ready to deal with something maybe maybe it's not the right moment for it but if you can it might be hard but it's so worth it to do it yeah absolutely it it might hurt yeah. for a minute, but if you can if you can handle the hurt, it's gonna end up being better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely could have just you know kept drinking until I was like forty, and then gone to rehab after I had right. an established life and everything like that. Um, but I knew that it was time, and you know right. it's not gonna be the same for everybody. Like not everybody is gonna realize it as early as I did um mm-hmm. but like when you do get that feeling it's important to pay attention to it and not 
just brush it off as nothing. Um, right. Because I did that for a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely important. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to ask you? I had one more thing to ask you. Well, in the meantime, do you have anything that you'd like to say that I haven't asked you about yet? Um, I think I might have already said this, but I just really want to thank you for having this platform for people. Um, it means a lot to get my story out there in a safe way like this. Um, so I think I told you that I've never talked about it before, like mm-hmm. ever. Um and I'm uh, to the point in my healing journey where I feel like I can start talking about it more. And I think this is a great way to start it. Um, yeah. You know, just talking survivor to survivor, it's very comforting. Um, so I just want to thank you for having this available to everybody and listening to other episodes where you have other people on um, has helped me so much. Like, I relate to everybody so much. And um yeah it's just a super healing aspect and i love it thank you so much thank you for coming on i'm so glad that you reached out to me and that you were able to come on and it's definitely been a very healing experience for me too and i'm glad it's been healing for you as well thank you so much for letting me on i am still so shocked that (laughs) This is actually happening. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, of course. I like I um, I don't know. Like I said, I've been I've been taking like a good month or two off, um, mm-hmm. which I feel bad about because <laughs> I want I want to post more, but I I like I just needed a break for a minute too. Um, yeah, understandable. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's always it's always like a good experience when I end up doing it too, and I'm I'm really glad that you got to be a part of that. Um, Me too. Oh, I, I remember a question. Um, okay. So now, obviously, like being a year sober is a lot better where than where you were beforehand. But do you still struggle? Um. Yes, I mentioned my nervous system kind of gave me problems um, while I've been home. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a main struggle, um, really just dealing with all the triggers. I haven't really had any issues surrounding sobriety. Um, like I haven't really felt like I wanted to drink or anything, um, which I feel like I'm very lucky when it comes to that, because that's something that not a lot of people can say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I do get triggered a lot. Um. And I'm hoping that, like, kind of resolves itself whenever I'm in a different environment. Um, But for now, um, I go to therapy and try to work through it there. And I do this little trick that my therapist taught me. Um, Like, if I have a memory pop up or a thought or something that I don't want to think about in that moment, I kind of, like, envision in my mind a box. And I put that thought or memory in the box. I close the lid and put it on the shelf. And then I'll just leave it on the shelf as I go about my day. And then whenever I feel like I'm in safe space and I can sit down and journal if I need to or, you know, whatever I need to do, I can take that box down and open it and look at it. And that 
that's kind of how I've been surviving recently. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah. <laughs> it's helpful. Um, it definitely, yeah, it helps me a lot. Um, just knowing that, like, it's not, I have the choice to let it not consume me. Um, mm-hmm. It's very helpful. And I can look at it when I want to. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm really hoping that my triggers go away. <laughs> I don't know if they ever go away. Like, I don't know if that's a thing or not. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love for that to happen. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> 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 anyways. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they ever really go away um, from what I've heard and from my own experience, but they definitely spread out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely get triggered less often than before. And I don't know. And yeah. it, I always say healing isn't linear. So I, I try yeah, not to get absolutely. mad at myself. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that um, trigger me, just like random things. Like, um, I don't know, like the smell of certain food and stuff can trigger me. And it's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, healing definitely is not linear. Um, I've definitely had some hard days. Um, I went through like a couple weeks of depression uh, this winter. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of myself because usually I would drink and try to get through depression. Um, But I used my coping mechanism that I was talking about earlier and I made it through. Um, I thank you. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. It's so like it is. It's nice to be proud of yourself after that stuff too. I've, yeah, I've that it too. is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, um, especially with what we've been through. Yeah, like I'm proud of us just for still being here. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think I, I titled one of my episodes this like "Why Victims Are Survivors," but like. Oh yeah. It's it's that's why. It's like you are yeah. surviving. Mm-hmm. It's it is incredible that everyone's still here that is and some people aren't still here because of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's very sad. It is very sad, but I'm really happy for you for hitting one year. Congrats. Um to thank um, you congrats on your graduate school and i hope that it's a better experience <laughs> um <laughs> being in a different area um i'm feeling hopeful yeah yeah no i, I am too <laughs> i definitely think that'll be a good environment um and three thank you so much for coming on and it's i've had a great time talking to you um i don't want to hold you too long so i'll let you go but um it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I absolutely loved this. Alrighty, everyone. This is your host, Rachel Franklin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Already Dad, a sexual assault discussion podcast. I hope you were able to take away something positive from our conversation today. Wishing you all the best. See you next time with another episode of Already Dad.